On September 23rd, 2023, I sat down with members Rick Materatonda and Peter Ansbach of the band Goose, which is set to play at Colorado State University on October 7th, 2023, right on the heels of two sold-out shows at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Morrison, Colorado. Three other members of the Connecticut-based jam band Trevor Weeks, Ben Atkins, and Jeff Arevalo were not present for this interview. I'm Laura Andrews. Hello. Hey. How are you? Doing pretty good. How are you guys? Doing good. I figure we can kind of just jump right into it if you're cool with that. I have a couple basic surface level surface level questions. Some more some more fun ones too. Sounds All good. Right. Perfect. Um. So and just as as an introduction. Uh. So I am speaking with Goose today, which is a funk rock psychedelic jam band that kind of kind of goes by the by the category of indie indie groove music um so can you guys tell me a little bit about uh your identity as a band how do you identify peter (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know rock band i'd say (laughs) service level but there's definitely a lot of improv going on indie groove definitely we are indie groove you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't know let's listen to the music on the good nights we are indie groove that's right oh. that's fair um so through through some research on the internet i uh came to find out that you all were that you all hail from connecticut but um kind of grew up in the same in the same sphere can you tell me a little bit about how goose came to be as an entity yeah three of us are from the same town in connecticut we're all a couple years apart and uh didn't really know each other growing up but but um, when we started to come of age and we're all playing music, it's not a, wasn't a huge town. So we all kind of crossed paths that way. And then uh, the two drummers I met at Berkeley in Boston when I was going to school there. And uh, yeah, the band kind of has gone through a bunch of lineup changes over the years. Um, we started playing bars in like 2014 around Connecticut and kind of did that for a few years while I was finishing school and stuff. And then uh, started touring in 2017. Peter joined the band in 2018. And then we kind of like started to hone in in on what we were doing and yeah kind of just been cruising ever since then 2019 we started to gain gain some traction and kind of been riding the wave that's awesome that's awesome i heard a little rumor somewhere that the name goose kind of has some inside joke origins uh can you tell me a little bit about how the name goose came to be yeah you know dgt oh oh man really yeah that's the taco place that's the taco place oh man that's that's even better um, the one in Fort Collins, right? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I, I, I was in 2014. I was living in Fort Collins and uh, working at DGT. You know, flying back to Connecticut every once in a while to like play Irish pubs in Norwalk, Connecticut, with the other with, with the guys and um, the guys. <laughs> me and the guys, you know. Bring the um, guys down, O'Neills. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was working there, and there's like this whole goose thing there. Yeah. And, I thought it was a funny name for like a funk band playing at Irish pubs in Norwalk, Connecticut. Didn't by any stretch imagine that, you know, whatever, freaking nine years later, I'd be, that would be the thing. But here we are. <laughs> that's that's amazing. So coming to CSU is in some ways a little return to your roots 
as yeah, a band. For sure. For sure. We were there a couple of days ago. We had a day off. We were passing through and uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't been there in a while. It was it was awesome walking around town. Oh, that's going yeah, to. I love it. There. So that's so sick. Um, yeah. That kind of reminds me a little bit. So the night, the two nights before you come to play at CSU on October 7th, um, there's on October 5th and 6th, you're headlining two sold out shows at Red Rocks. Uh, what is it about Red Rocks as a venue that made you want to come back to it? I think it's like so legendary you know the first time playing there it's like you're just trying to take in everything and it's it's kind of overwhelming because it's really like it's huge the rocks are beautiful i mean it's <laughs> we had tons of people backstage like it was like a crazy like it's like a big show for any band really so i think you know going back there will be awesome because it'll just be like okay we've done this before and like let's just go play red rocks and get comfortable so kind of stoked about the two shows in a row there this time as opposed to the in and out of just like the one show. It's kind of like a age old thing. Bands in our kind of world or in our lineage and we're no different. They always talk about how they kind of blow it on like the big shows, you know, yeah. like the high profile, big like pressure yeah. shows because the nature of improvisational music, you you do your best when you're relaxed. And when you yeah. when there's all this like whoa hype, you know, it's it's rare that that yields your best. You know, we, we do our best, but we're I think that this time around, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to be a little more relaxed and not have as much of that, you know, craziness and just be able to go there and do our thing and have a good time. Absolutely. It's kind of like you have your legs under you now. Yeah. So you can kind of, you can kind of breathe a little bit, even with the high altitude, you can still breathe on stage (laughs) a little bit. Exactly. We got our sea legs. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that your comment about how a lot of, a lot of fans in your sphere talk about those big venues and those big shows. Um, that kind of it kind of brings me to one of my questions. Um, in some previous interviews, you've cited classic other jam bands like the Grateful Dead or Fish as primary influences. I'm curious, what are some some more modern musical influences or recent collaborations you've done that are influencing your sound? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. Um, <laughs> you start. Sure, sure. I mean, for me, like Vampire Weekend's big. We did a collaboration with them. Tame Impala is a really big influence for me. Both pack there's like fleet foxes and stuff like that mm-hmm. father john misty we've we've collaborated with a little bit he's awesome rick loves bon Iver. i do <laughs> <laughs> it's true um no yeah it, like i i had never really there was a long time i didn't know about all of the cool really creative interesting music being made these days and uh mm-hmm. it was actually around that time when i was living in fort collins that i i started listening to fleet foxes and like that full first uh all j album yeah awesome wave yeah such a good one oh my god that that thing's ridiculous that it never ceases to inspire me and i actually when i was living in fort collins like that thing was on i was like very immersed in that album Mm -hmm. um but yeah that that was a time because prior to that i you know listened to mostly jazz and old reggae and old motown stuff and just a lot of old music classical music you know dead fish not fish is you know old but you know what I mean? It was, it was, I, I wasn't aware of all this like modern stuff going on. So that was, it was like 2013, 14 was when I kind of started listening to all that. And uh, Fleet Foxes is kind of where it started. That band was just like, it was just, it's so transporting. It was like a different world, which was, you know, that that's like really ultimately what I love about music and, and any kind of art really is its ability to transport. So, you know, the, the Fleet Foxes thing, their first like few records, it was just, it's like timeless yet also really specific, like medieval kind of yeah. world that you know was created and I, w- I spent a lot of time being immersed in that and that was super inspiring um yeah and then 
you know, that led me to uh, Justin Vernon and all the different projects he's done. And uh, he's become a hero for sure. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of cool music in, in that world that has definitely informed what we do in, uh, you know, whatever subtle ways it comes through. Yeah, absolutely. You actually just touched on something about the way that one of the Fleet Foxes kind of takes you on this journey within their music. And I was wondering what kind of specific influences or what what was the primary influence or thought process behind your recent EP, Autumn, Autumn Crossing? Yeah, I, I wrote that during that time, actually, when I was, you know, very much in the Fleet Foxes world. It's, you know, probably, I don't know, you know, that that influence is, was pretty prevalent at that time. So, yeah. That that yeah. checks out. Yeah, <laughs> makes I mean makes a lot of makes a lot of sense to me. And I was also I think one of the things I've always found intriguing about Goose is the way that some of your recorded stuff, some of your studio recordings, sounds so different from your live performances. And each track kind of takes on a life of its own through every evolution of being performed. Are there any specific Are there any specific tracks that you can think of in your recent catalog that have truly changed that have fundamentally changed since their original release i mean there's definitely a bunch yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i thinking back to like the the, you know like moon cabin first album into the mist we play differently now Uh, rosewood like the vocal melody has changed yeah indian river has gone through like 10 different iterations almost Uh, everything on that record is yeah almost (laughs) yeah yeah, a lot of stuff has changed on that one big big believer in tinkering yeah you know Uh, yeah it's like um keeping things moving is and honestly we used to tinker more than we do now but yeah just like things start to feel stale in arrangements and songs or melodies, things that like feel like mm-hmm. they could be stronger. So it's, you know, kind of always had the philosophy that there's no rules in terms of something being, you know, frozen once it's been recorded or anything like that, you know, that, that this is the way it goes and it can't change. If, if, if there's an idea, uh, if an idea occurs to improve something or make something feel more alive in a, in a moment, then, you know, do it. That, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm also wondering, so just the same way that Goose's songs have gone through that evolution over time, how have some of your earlier projects like Basuto or Offshoots like influenced your recent sound as a band? Basuto uh, has mostly been sold for parts at this point. Um, <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, you know, I think that Basuto is kind of like, you know, whatever shape it takes in the future, it'll it'll be it'll serve a different purpose than, you know, Basuto was in a lot of ways a similar animal when it was, you know, doing its thing as as Goose's mm-hmm. uh, in terms of intent or, you know, yeah. Like a lot of the songs Fasudo played, Goose now plays. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, the, the question was like, how, do, how does those, those other projects inform Goose? Inform Goose or even just your personal approach to making music? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to play with. There's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things, and and um, you know, Goose has a pretty wide scope of the places it goes and it can go. And there's you know, I think we've been very much tried to set a set a landscape where there weren't any there weren't many constrictions in that, uh, which is you know a very fun and liberating thing in and of itself. And also, there's you know, there's lots of other things and ideas and types of music that can be made. So I think. Uh, uh, over the over time, we'll continue to just you know if we're inspired to do something different, and it doesn't feel like it's something that would make total sense in the goose world, then you know we'll make it and because it's fun. 
making stuff is fun. Oh yeah. That makes makes a lot of sense to me. Speaking speaking of fun, so one thing about goose fans and about goose shows is there tends to be a lot of interesting shenanigans that go on. I'm wondering as I'm wondering as a band, what are your what are some of your top memories of interesting concert performances? I mean, it's ironic that you mentioned fans because I would just immediately I thought of like our our bingo shows. <laughs> We were like live streaming, but we were like, we were pulling like, you know, songs out of like a bingo roller. Uh, and like, in addition to songs, there was stuff like Take a Lap and like 15 push ups. <laughs> like, that was probably, I mean, that comes to mind when I, when I think about like shenanigans at a concert. Cause like, some of those times were like, that was such a fun time for us. And like, like some of those weird things like ended up resulting in some great jams and some, some hilarious improv moments. So, yeah, I, I, I can think of that is really something special you know um, hopefully we'll do that again at some point that was definitely a special time yeah yeah that's awesome along the same lines I know we're kind of moving into moving into the holiday season a little bit and uh, Goose is notorious for the Goosemas Christmas shows that you do have those shows taken on a life of their own or are they just something that is kind of a special opportunity for you to do once a year I th- my feeling on on, on the Goosemas thing is that uh it's starting to come into its own um, because it originated as a party in Norwalk Mm -hmm. with our friends and you know John coach would like would buy a bunch of kegs and a bunch of pizzas and you know we'd all just get together at this this like studio in Norwalk and just like play and it would be just a holiday party with all of our friends and through the years you know it started to evolve and then past few years it just kind of like became this like a big show and uh, you know I think it's I think it's we've been playing around with what it is and what it you know what it wants to be and what feels authentic and uh just playing around with different ideas and pretty excited about you know what the direction it's going in this year awesome yeah yeah well very much i know i personally am very much looking forward to hearing what you guys have in store coming up uh are there any specific things that listeners should keep on their radar coming up listener, <laughs> listener radar listener radar he's our he's our you know in-house doppler i don't know okay. keep checking in the you know keep checking the youtube pages <laughs> band camp you know we're, we're playing like an entire tour like leading up to this uh yeah. csu so so there's like you know we have a lot of shows coming up and encourage people to like catch up with what's happening in real time on the, on the tour so like nugs on or band camp or something uh we're live streaming everything so people can get involved we're doing awesome. stuff yeah <laughs> stuff is being done yeah. stuff is happening <laughs> Yeah. Full, uh, full tour, full tour, all summer, yeah. all fall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Awesome. So I've got kind of a fun, kind of a fun little segment planned for you in the last little bit of our interview today. I figured since you're coming back to school, it might, it might be nice to do a little pop quiz just to, just mm. to get you prepared for this. And something unique to CSU is our uh, Warner College of Natural Resources. And so I thought I'd play some bird calls for you and see and see uh, what your what your birding knowledge is. Um, Fantastic! Is it multiple choice? Oh, I guess. 
Oh, we can try to we can try to make it multiple choice. I can I can this def- is not I can be pretty. Unless we unless we dial in one of our uh, managers, Dave. He's he yeah. only is like a he's like a birding like he knows all the oh, he's a bird guy. Yeah, we'll if, if we're in a real pinch, maybe we could phone a friend. I don't know. Yeah, you can phone a friend. We'll we'll have a we'll have one of those. Um, if we get if you get close in geographic region, I'll give it to you. All right. Like you have some bird first guys. one up today. Okay. You hear it? Yeah. What the heck is that? Sounds like a monkey. Sounds like a dog. Now that I think about it, yeah, it kind of does. Kind of does. Sounds like a dog, like a little dog. Do you want to know the answer? Uh, That was the sound of a barred owl. So the North American barred owl. A barred owl. Yep. It was a barred owl. It's it typically was found in woodlands and swamp habitats. So bit of a bit of a bit of a swamp creature. That one is. Oh, swamp owl. Cool. Swamp owl. Cool. All right. Got another one coming up for you. That's like a goose. I don't think it's goose. Uh, this one is gonna be. It's North American. It's from Colorado. Yeah, this one could be found in oh. Colorado. Is the is it the Colorado great red heron? Honestly, I I think I have to give it to you on that one. Not not a correct answer, but it is a red breasted <laughs> nuthatch. Yeah, so close. you got you got part of the that's title there. Wow. Yeah, for a I mean for a shot in the dark answer on that one. Red the red nuthatch. <laughs> <laughs> the red-breasted nuthatch is nuthatch. found in conifer forests oh, very nice. and is the present in Colorado during the winter. Who would have thought? All right. Okay. Are we ready for number three? Yes. Go ended. for it. Sounds like a chicken. Is that your final answer? That might be the goose. Goose? That was a Canadian goose. Fine. Sure. That was a Canada goose. Yeah. Canada. Yeah. It was, I, I it was, was somewhere, it was somewhere in the air. <laughs> I was feeling Canada. I didn't want to say it, but you know. I I was feeling that. Yeah, yeah. Shall we do one more? We do another. All right. A bird I would hear in like my yard in Connecticut. Is it a crow? This one is again North American. I will give you I will give you a hint on this one. It's a spooky bird. Doesn't sound like a crow. Not a crow. crow. Like a mockingjay. Is it a bat? What are spooky? It's not a bat. No. Blue jay or mockingjay. Blue jays are not spooky. Yeah. Well, it has it has a connection to the fall. To the fall. Kind of scary. Mm. Oh, raven? oh, raven. That is a great, I, I, great guess. It's not a raven. It's a turkey vulture. Turkey vulture. Wow. Yeah. Turkey vultures are spooky. Spooky. I give it to you. Or, or just like, or, or just like straight up sketchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, a little sketchy as yeah. far as birds go. Yeah. So. Turkey vulture. Wow. Well, that was fun. Yeah. 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 Any any test that you have now yeah, is gonna right. be is gonna be easy. <laughs> and so hopefully hopefully uh, no one is hanging your feet over the fire when you get to when you get to campus. But I hope the next couple weeks of the tour go well. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be an absolute blast. I know I'm super excited to finally get to see you guys live. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah. yeah you thank you. It. Appreciate thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you. Best of luck with the show tonight. That was Indie Jam band Goose. To listen to more podcasts like these, visit kcsufm.com or Spotify at kcsufm or anywhere else you get podcasts. The music used in this interview was Hunger Sight by Goose from their 2022 album Drip Field and Arcadia from their 2016 album Moon Cabin. Thank you to the band and management team for audio permission. Mm-hmm.